Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. I want to mention this. I just said I haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you'd like to, and this is for those online as well, if you'd like to donate a property for our temple campus, Coldedy Temple Campus, we will gladly receive it. So I'm dead serious about that. Uh, we would like a, to see have our own place or partner with a another church, if that's possible as well, that, would, that has a heart for Israel, that has a heart beating for Israel and wants to see us there, where we can put out our sign, where we can have visibility. We can't, we're not allowed to have a sign here. There's reasons that that's not allowed. That's okay. But we want a place where we can publicize ourselves. So please pray about that. And seriously, if you have a piece of property or you know someone that wants to be, have a great God bless them because they're going to be blessing God's people and blessing Israel and whatnot and blessing the Messianic community, then donate the property. We are, whatever the tax rate is, 501c3, right? It's a tax write-off and all that stuff. So please uh, consider that. Praise the Lord. Father, we just pray you open our eyes as we behold your word, as we look at this passage in the molten calf incident, the molten calf incident in Exodus chapter 32 right now in the parsha this week, and we pray you would breathe upon it by your Ruach HaKodesh. Thank you for the time of worship and sharing that we just heard about what you're doing today in Haaretz, in the land. Oh God, thank you for this Shabbat. So, Gal enai ba'avitani flaot metoratecha. Gal enai ba'avita niflaot metoratecha b'shem Yeshua. Amen. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Amen. So, Moses, it says in verse 32, chapter 32, verse 1, now note when Moses, the people saw that Moses was delayed coming down from the mountain. I found the shirt. This is, this is an excavation, uh, actually, in one of the recent excavations in Israel, archaeological dig, they call it a tell, you know, a dig in Israel. I found the T-shirt that Moses was wearing when he came back to, um, to, his, to the Jewish people. Being on time for me means when I get there. That's what Moses was wearing. So it's a wrong, it's not a good attitude to have. You should be on time. You should be on time for everything. That was, that was a shirt given to me, so... But Moses was delayed, all right? Let's read these first few verses. When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and they said to him, Get up, make us gods, who will go before us? As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. We don't know where he is. And so you know what happened. This is the golden calf incident. He's only been gone 40 days 
Just 40 days, think about it, after the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, how quickly we forget. How fast fades away the glory of the presence of the miracles of our Creator. The thundering, the lightning, the thick cloud, the shofar sounding louder and louder, the smoke, the fire, the mountains shaking. All that experience, the giving of the ten words, the two tablets as a prelude to the rest of the covenant less than six weeks ago and Moses isn't there and they grow impatient. The unknown. Fear takes over. Crowd pressure. Aaron is weaker in character than Moses, evidently, we see here. And where is Moses? Well, he's probably dead, maybe they think. How could he survive so long without food or water? Talmudic commentaries believe Moses had said he'd come on a certain day and it had already elapsed. Moses delayed. Can also read in the Hebrew, in six. What does that mean? In the sixth hour, which, is, which would be noon. Did Moses come down at noon? Did they expect him six days later? But I want you to think about God's designed delays. The word in Hebrew for delay is bashash, the root, bashash. To di- it means to disappoint, to not fulfill expectations. It can mean to become disillusioned. Proverbs 19.2, he sins who hastens with his feet. The word utz means he pushes hurriedly with his feet. Let me repeat it. He sins who pushes hurriedly, who utz with his feet. Or, I love this verse, and I'm gonna, I like the King James translation, and I don't care what people, different people have different opinions. Everyone differs on what translation is they say is the best. And I heard a Hebrew scholar once from, from Hebrew University was visiting in Vanderbilt when I was there at Divinity School for a period. He, he was, I was shocked. He was, was a room filled with Jewish students, and he said he thought the King James was the best Hebrew translation. That's what he said for the, of the Tanakh. That's what he thought. And I said, what? I, was, I thought I was in, not in a Christian audience, but in, with a Jewish audience. I like it a lot. And, and I, but everything, you have to check every time the Hebrew. Isaiah 28, 16 said, I translate this as, would say, the believer. Hama'amin, I would translate as the believer. And then the King James says, will not act hastily. The believer, Hama'amin, he who believes, the King James says, he who believes, but I would say, the believer, Hama'amin, the believer will not act hastily. The worst word is hush in Hebrew. Let's say hush, hush. He'll not hurry. He'll not move swiftly. Now, let me give you some examples that I, I think of in this context. King Saul got tired of waiting for the prophet Samuel, who was late. First Samuel chapter 13. I'm going to turn there. You can, if, if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. Or, but he got tired of waiting for Samuel, the prophet, who was late, and the people were beginning to scatter. So he panicked, he, and he acted hastily. He pushed hurriedly with his feet, so to speak. So he offers the burnt offering. It's 1 Samuel 
13, verses 8 through 14. I'm just going to read it real quick. He waited seven days, it says, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel had not come to Gilgal, so the people began to scatter from him. And Saul, be, Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. So he offered the burnt offering, but as soon as he had finished, finished offering the burnt offering, which would have taken some time, of course, behold, Samuel arrived. Now he shows up. Saul went out to meet and greet him, and Samuel said, what have you done? Saul replied, because I saw that you, the people were scattering from me. You know, he's making excuses. He says, I, this is, he's he's rash, justifying it, rationalizing it. And that you had not come within the appointed day and that the Philistines were assembling, etc., etc. He says, now the Philistines were about to advance against me and Gilgal, and, but I have not entreated the Lord. So I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. I had to do it. I had to do it. Another example, Samuel came close to anointing the wrong person. Remember when he's looking for the next king to anoint the next king? Jesse's seven sons, beginning with Eliab and then Abinadab, which is the last name, interestingly enough, of my relative in Israel who escaped Auschwitz uh, and made his life in Israel as Abinadab. And he became close to anointing the wrong person, he, but he didn't because he listened to God. 1 Samuel 16, remember? He's going to consecrate the right person, and none of them were there. And David's father didn't even think to, Jesse didn't even think to bring out David, remember? Uh, the angel was delayed 21 days in coming to answer Daniel's prayer in Daniel 10, 13. He was delayed. And I love the best examples, maybe I can think of as John, one of the best examples, John 11 in the New Covenant. Yeshua is delayed in coming to see Lazarus, Miriam, and Martha after he was told of his condition. It's John 11, verse 3. It says, So the sisters went, sent a word to Yeshua, saying, Master, the one you love is sick. And when Yeshua heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death. It's for God's glory. Down in verse 6, However, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. You know, why did he race, up, race over there? And verse 11 says, after he said this, he tells them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He had other plans, didn't he? We know what happened. He resurrects Lazarus, right? Verse 17, he arrived, he discovered Lazarus had been in the tomb already for four days. And down in verse 21 he says, they, they, they were upset with him. He said, Martha said to Yeshua, Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And she was upset. But God had a reason for the delay. Yeshua had a reason for the delay. The apostles, the shlichim, the apostles believed, I believe, this is my opinion, this is my opinion, it's only an opinion, I believe prematurely appointed Mattathias to replace Judas by, by lot, by casting lots, under Peter's leadership in Acts chapter 1. And the reason I believe that is because nothing more is heard of him in the New Testament. I know church history has all sorts of things about what happened to him, but nothing more is recorded of him in the New Testament. So it's just my opinion that they acted prematurely. Maybe Paul, 
Was not Saul, Paul, God's choice? Saul of Tarsus, my opinion. Am I willing to wait for God's timing and direction and his voice? Are you willing to wait? Am I willing to wait? Am I willing to be misunderstood? Am I willing to be falsely accused? Wrongly blamed? Judged as stupid? Not with it? Or will I be coerced, pressured, persuaded to act prematurely? Do something. You got to do something. We can't just stand here. We got to do something now. Ever experienced that at work? In marriage? (laughs) We have to do it now. (laughs) And listen, we all have. Don't be pressured into something prematurely. Delay can lead to doubt, which can lead to desperation, which can lead to disobedience, and then to disaster. Or delay can cause us to pray and then to obey so that we can witness a divine display. Delay can lead to doubt. You know, we'll doubt when when there's a delay. And then we can get desperate. And then we can disobey if we act out of that desperation. And then it'll be a disaster. It'll be a mess. Or we can pray and obey what God wants us to do. Obey what he tells us and see God, God work. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 123 verse 2, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master and as the eyes of a maiden to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until he have mercy on us. Hebrews 10, 36 through 38 says, For you have need of perseverance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet in a little while, the coming one will come. Yet in a little while, the coming one will come. And he will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by emunah, by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul takes no pleasure in him. We live by trust, by trust, by faith. You know, I never read the, the story, but you know it, what happened, and I'm sure that the golden calf, the molten calf, they said, we'll make gods for us. Aaron said, break off the golden rings that are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. They wore earrings, men wore earrings as well, evidently then at that time. And they do today, so. He received them from their hand. They made a molten calf fashioned out of it. Later on, Aaron says, you know, oh, I, it, just, it, it just came out of the fire. Out, out I threw him in the fire, and out came this calf. It's in verse 24. <laughs> you know, oh, my gosh. Sure, Aaron. Um, <laughs> and they said in verse uh, 4, this is your God, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And they built an altar. And they displaced God. All because they couldn't wait. They weren't waiting on God's timing. I'd like to say the cliche, God's timing is perfect. But while it may be for God, it isn't necessarily for us. 
Not in our present mortal bodies, that is, which are outrageously limited. Here, we will sometimes be disappointed. We will sometimes have unfulfilled expectations, even be heartbreakingly disillusioned. But though here it may happen, never there, never in Hashemayim, never there. Not there because we will experience a new heavens and a new earth in 2 Peter 3.13. And the former things, the bad things, will not be remembered or come to mind, Isaiah 65.17 says. And we will have new brains and will no longer see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We will no longer know in part, but we will know fully. 1 Corinthians 13.12. Divine delay. Get up, make gods. The people are pressuring. We don't know what's become of him. They're walking by sight. Walk, we don't walk by sight. We walk by what? Faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7. We don't judge. Yeshua said, don't judge by appearance, but judge a righteous judgment. Don't make a judgment by appearance in John 7.24. This is your God, they said, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. They're crediting their own corrupt creation. And we could do that too, couldn't we? We can credit our own corrupt creation and rob God of his due glory. I guess we'd call it divine identity theft. Aaron built an altar before it, and he made a proclamation. He says, tomorrow will be a feast to Adonai. What? What? The golden calf, the molten calf, tomorrow will be feast to Adonai, to the Lord? Oh my gosh. I can't think. What? It's perverse worship. It's a perverted mix. It's the Bible and the demonic. It's like God and mammon. In Haiti, it's, I remember chaplaining a mission ship to Haiti, and, and it was so sad. This was back in the 80s, and, and on that island, oh my gosh, you'd hear the drums at night. It was Jesus and voodoo, you know, and it's all mixed together. In Music City, maybe it's Jesus and whiskey. Can I say that? I can't stand it. I can't stand the mix of Jesus and whiskey. Sorry. Don't give me that. Don't give me those songs with Jesus and whiskey. Don't put it together. Moses intercedes. Moses intervenes twice. Two amazing intercessions here in chapter 32. Verses 11 through 13. Moses' first intercession for the people. Lama, why? He says, look at it. 32.11, look at his intercession, his heart. He says, then Moses sought Adonai, his God, and he said, oh, Adonai, why, lama, why should your wrath burn hot against your people that you've brought? I don't want you to destroy them. You've brought from the land of Egypt. He says, why, why should the Egyptians say he brought them? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from them. Remember Abraham, Isaac, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yisrael, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel, your servants whom you're... He's reminding God of his covenant, reminding God of his promises. You swore, you promised, you know, swore and swear, swear is seven, Sheva in Hebrew, because the seven, God's number. 
by your own self. And he said, I will multiply your seed and the stars of heaven. He's reminding God, quoting God, his word to him. Like it's great to do when we remind, when we pray. And all this land that I've spoken, reminding God. And look at what verse 14 says. So the Lord relented. The power of intercession. Lama, why? And the Lord relented. The word is nacham in Hebrew. Nacham or nacham. And it, it means to change attitude. To reconsider. God wants us to change his mind. He didn't judge them immediately as he was about to do. He did eventually, by the way. He did judge eventually. Same thing with Nineveh. Maybe it's going to happen with the United States. Some say. God postpones judgment many times. But God wants us to change his mind. God wants to act. And we make the difference by intercession. The second intercession is in verse 31 and 32. Look over there. Verse 31. Then Moses returned to Adonai and said, Alas, these people have sinned greatly and made gods of gold. Now please forgive the sin, their sin. But if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. Alas is Anna, Anna, oh Allah, Anna, a cry. Forgive their sin. If not, blot me out, erase, strike me out, macha in Hebrew, strike me out, erase me out of your book. And God denies this second plea of Moses, this dual plea to take his life and not punish the people. It reminds us of Paul's prayer in Romans chapter 9, doesn't it? When Paul says in Romans 9, he says, I tell the truth in Messiah, I do not lie, my conscience assuring me in the spirit the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, that my sorrow is great and the anguish of my heart unending, for I would pray that I myself were cursed, banished from Messiah for the sake of my people, my own flesh and blood, who are Israelites to whom belongs the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the Torah and the temple service, the promises. To them belong the patriarchs and to them, according to the flesh, is the, the Messiah who is overall He's saying, oh, God, I would trade places if my people's eyes can be opened, if my people can see that Yeshua is the Messiah. He said, may they be seen. Let me say this about that. Sometimes our prayers are not answered as we desire. If we ask anything, it has to be according to God's will. God cannot save a person who does not want to be saved. A person has to be willing. But we pray. We intercede. We share. We do everything we can, right? We stand in the gap. And this is Moses' heart. This is God's heart. And then we see when Joshua heard the noise of the people in verse 17 and 18, the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there is the sound of war within the camp. Milchama. Kol milchama. It's the sound of war, the voice of war within the camp. But Moses said, it's not the voice of the shout of victory. It's literally in the Hebrew, not the response of victory or winning, nor is it the, the voice or the, of defeat. The, literally the Hebrew, the response of defeat or losing. But he says in the Hebrew, it doesn't say singing. It just says the voice of responses. Kol anot. Kol anot. In other words, I would say he means they're just puppets. They're just undiscerning followers. 
Spiritual discernment comes with maturity. Joshua didn't discern rightly here. Moses did. Joshua thought, this is war. That's what's going on. Moses said, no, that's not what's going on. The people are deceived, are misled. And James 1.19 says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Don't rush to premature judgment or evaluations. Messiah didn't evaluate, but what his ears saw, ears heard, or his eyes saw in Isaiah 11, 3. What did Moses do? He threw the tablets out of his hand in verses 19 and 20. He threw them out of his hand, smashed them at the foot of the mountain, and then he took the calf that they had made, and he burned it with fire, made them drink it, what they made out of it, and... But look at verse 34, chapter 34, verses 1 and 4. It says, Adonai, he smashes the tablets, smashes it, but Adonai says, after all this, and 3,000 die, by the way. It's interesting, 3,000 are saved in Acts chapter 2 at Shavuot, at Pentecost. But about 3,000, it says about in each case. Adonai says to Moses, carve for yourselves two tablets of stone like the first one first ones, and I will write upon them the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So he carved two tablets of stone like the first. And Moses rose up in the morning, went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord commanded him, and took in his hand the two tablets of stone. And so it's a beautiful ending in this sense, in this parsha, that God is a God of redemption. He redeems, he rebounds, he recovers. You can't destroy the word of God. He destroys the two tablets, but then he says, make two more. I love that. I love that. Make two more just like the first ones. The word of our God stands forever. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 8. First Peter quotes it as well. For, forever, O Lord, your word stands firm in the heavens. Psalm 119.89. The scripture Yeshua said cannot be broken in John 10, 35. God is a God of redemption. He redeems, he rebounds, he recovers, he restores, and he renews. It's not like Humpty Dumpty's rhyme. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Well, God can and does muster his vast resources to put us together again. Just not always here. <laughs> not always here. Maybe here, but most certainly there. And for, for now, no matter what, he says, carve for yourselves two tablets like the first ones. Don't hang it up. Don't let the enemies of Israel say, see what a poor choice their God made for a people. Look at all those broken pieces of stone all over the ground. <laughs> Carve for yourselves two tablets of stone. We bounce back. We rebound. And uh, I close with this. Psalm 129, verses 1 and 2, I shared in a devotional, Facebook devotional this week, uh, and just stood out to me. I love it. He says, much they have afflicted or distressed me. Narrowed me. Afflicted me. Distressed. Narrowed me. Since my youth. Say, let, say it now, Israel. Say it now, Israel is the way I would translate. Much they, and he repeats it again, much they have afflicted, distressed me since my youth. And he says, but they never conquered me. But they never conquered me. 
גם לא יכלו לי. What a confession to make, but they never conquered me. Father, we just thank you for these words. We thank you for this story and this incident in our history, Lord, and thank you for intercession, the power we have to change your mind in your will when you want to, when you, when you purpose to. We thank you, Lord. Help us not to act in haste, but to hear your voice, to wait on you. Help us to have spiritual discernment, Lord. Help us, Lord, to learn from this episode in our history, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that those stones, that those, those uh, tablets that were broken, that you said make two like the first. It wasn't over. You started again. We love you. We praise you. If you've never received Yeshua and you need a new start, then this is your opportunity. We implore you, implore you right now to invite Yeshua into your life. Yeshua, Jesus, into your life. God can't force you, but he invites you. He implores you. He pleads with you because he loves you. Come into, my, come into my life. That's the prayer. Come into my life. Whatever from your heart, call upon whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be delivered, will have new life. I want a new, that new start, Lord. It's just a matter of humbling myself before God. We've all done it, that, that have known this new life. It's all, it takes that first step. Yeshua, come into my life. Thank you for dying for me. And if you're praying that prayer, there'll be, there's folks up here that are going to be beautiful folks, amazing uh, people to pray with you afterwards. If you're here today, if you're watching online, please write us. We will contact you back if you, if you contact us. And uh, let's stand. We're going to close in the benediction. Crystal, would you close us in the benediction today? Thank you so much. Yeshua. Amen.